0: Yep. All right, go, Amber. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave all this in. <laughs> I was supposed to for.
1: Welcome to the Direct Examination Podcast. I'm Amber Fulmer. And
0: I'm Dane Phillips. And I'm Joseph Bias. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special episode today. From time to time, uh, we like to sit around the table and, like lawyers, listen to ourselves talk. So today... It's fascinating. It's, it's, we're the best guests ever. So, we have solicited uh, listener questions. Uh, we're going to ask them. I have the questions. Dane and Amber do not. And some of the questions uh, are for one of them, some are for all of them, but we're going to try it out. So, the first question is from Maria. Yeah, Maria, my sister. Okay. Yeah. She asked, what's your most memorable case?
1: My
0: case? We'll start with you, Amber. What's your okay. most memorable case?
1: Well, I will try not to cry while telling it, but... Growing up, I had the luxury of living right across the street to my best friend. We literally could stick we would stand on each other's um lawns and yell at each other. But she had an older sister and her older sister um was about four years older than her and she and her husband got married and originally they biologically could not have a child of their own. So they tried several adoption agencies, um, were very close with some birth mothers, um, but they ended up choosing other parents or you know, deciding to keep the child. They just didn't have a really good experience. And all um, they wanted was a child. And it, by uh, happenstance from a friend of a friend of a friend knew of a woman who was having a baby and informed them mm-hmm. of this couple. And turned out she saw their birth book there because a lot of the um, adoptive parents prepare these books about who they are to send to agencies and prospective birth moms to let them, you know, make informed decisions about picking them. And she picked them. She said, I want you um, to adopt my child, and it was a baby boy. So he was born at 3 a.m. in the morning, and I sat by my phone (laughs) waiting for them to let me know because then we drove very late the next evening um, to the hospital to do the consent relinquishment. They were able to take him home, and I was ultimately able to do his adoption. So I was the adopting attorney for my best friend's sister's baby boy, and that's he is,
0: awesome.
1: Yes, he's now five. He started kindergarten this year. I'm totally not prepared for that <laughs> emotionally. It's amazing. So I love him, and he loves me, and he has red hair. That's what's of even, yeah, even he better. Red that's so, even better. but yes, it's all. He's the. I always tell people he's the best thing I ever did with my career. By that, far, the best. That's awesome.
0: Wow. Now you're gonna make yeah. us cry. Yeah, now we're gonna tear <laughs> up the rest of this podcast. It's gonna get a little, a little different. Dan, what about you, most memorable case? So
2: I think without a doubt it would be, uh, and I can actually say the name, it's been on Dateline, it's a reported case, is Richard Gagnon. He was accused uh, and convicted, ultimately convicted of two murders and was sentenced to life without parole times two. And he spent eight years in prison. By the time we were able to get his conviction overturned, and ultimately after getting his conviction overturned, the prosecutor dismissed the charges. He is a free man today. Wow! And that, by far, uh, and I could talk for days and days on that case. That, by far, is the most memorable case. There's nothing. There's no greater feeling than knowing that you've assisted somebody. I mean, again, it's speechless. Uh, right. Assisting somebody and literally changing their life. And you know, most of it. I'll tell you, I was a very young lawyer when all of it came out, and I'm only on the Dateline special for literally a second or two. <laughs> There's that's a sore subject. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> right. But uh, I'm no idea But I have, but I have proof. I was I'm there in the courtroom scene sure, sure. for one second. Uh, so by far, that case uh, meant the world to me at a, as a young lawyer to be part of a case that I thought I would never be a part of in my career, only could dream of being part of a case uh, or participating in a case that would have that type of uh, outcome. And so by far, that's the most memorable. Uh, the, the other two things, as soon as you said it, that came to my mind was, again, something that I in becoming a lawyer, you have a lot of hopes and dreams. and right. It was either a year to the day of being sworn in, I argued, at the South County Supreme Court or write it, I mean, it was within either the exact day or a couple days, and that moment was one of those where I never thought I'd ever have that opportunity, and that was one of those that, again, almost leaves me speechless, because it was, you know, it's dreams, and so the next one, I would say, is I was in a murder trial about, I guess, Time's Flying Fast, maybe two years ago, and I had a third-party guilt case where an individual in jail said he was the uh, actual killer, not my client, and I had him recreate the murder scene in the courtroom, and he, I handed him the pistol, and he put the gun, I turned around, and we uh, did a mock of the execution that he said he did of this person, and uh, I had him put the gun to the back of my head in the courtroom, oh, gosh. and by far, as far as, the, you know, okay. uh, most memorable part of a case being in trial, Standing right in front of the jurors and having an individual who was in, or excuse me, in jail for murder at the time, he was accused of murder, and who had also claimed to been the actual murderer of my case, uh, hand him the gun and have him put the gun to the back of my head and ask him, "Is this is was this how she was standing?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he says, "No, move over just a hair." Oh dear. And so oh, that by far is one of the most memorable things. So I mean, I, I could go on and on. Uh, mm. uh, you probably the only other one I would waste all our precious <laughs> podcast time with talking about because it's I mean, because
0: awesome. I asked for one, and now you're like asking. I, I, can't, I can't help <laughs> it. I gave these, one. These, these are the Dang. people. I mean, these are the cases. Ever told hers of eight, eight, eight. a. <laughs> a child can't brought into it. and you're like yo gun to I got the back shot of the, in the head. The... <laughs> all right go ahead. all right Is... so case number 17 so there
2: was a case that we we appealed to the United States Supreme Court and they didn't want to hear it unfortunately
0: mm-hmm.
2: where an individual was tried originally without a lawyer and he was you know in his absence so in absentia and without counsel so there was a true water pitcher case which I think should never happen in the in I, I don't know how it happened I do know how it happened, but I can't comprehend it. Mm -hmm. So a man was tried on a felony case without a lawyer, and he wasn't present. How that trial progresses, and you read the transcript, is mind-boggling. The solicitors, seeing their opportunity, the fact that he's no longer around, bring a second trial that would trigger a mandatory minimum of 25 years, nine days later. Mm -hmm. And the second judge that's involved, (laughs) ultimately, uh, after they pick uh, the jury without a lawyer, decides, you know what, this is kind of crazy. This guy was just convicted, and he wasn't here, and there wasn't a lawyer a week ago. We probably should get this guy a lawyer. And that was (laughs) after... And so, not to bore you with the legal aspects of it, but selecting a jury is considered a critical stage in the (laughs) United States Supreme Court. So there wasn't (laughs) a lawyer involved during that process. So the judge, the second judge involved, two different judges in the trials, points to a public defender in the room and says... You're going to represent this fellow. And he goes, well, I've never met him. And my, uh, I think he says my uh, companion or how do you say it, uh, something along the lines of, uh, you know, colleague. Yeah, my colleague says that he's waived his right to counsel. Clearly, the prosecutor had told him to say that he waived his right to counsel. Right. The judge denies that request. The judge says, you got plenty of time to review the file over lunch. It was, I want to <laughs> say, an hour or two later because oh we tried it time-wise. And within an hour or two later, this uh, public defender who has never met the client uh, is trying a case that afternoon where the guy's ultimately going to receive at least 25 years. Uh, and so the United States Supreme Court didn't want to hear it, unfortunately. But that's just one of the travesties of justice that mm-hmm. stick out in my mind when I have to have my long list of things to uh,
0: to say well that's it for the podcast today <laughs> <laughs> um it was fun yeah that was fun it's great episode uh so my most memorable case and the only reason that this is even coming to mind is because it's halloween time and i used to tell the story yeah i love halloween so i had a guy and this is going back to my my people will be listening to this after halloween okay so when we're recording this just to you know to take y'all behind the curtain a little bit we couldn't record this on Halloween for obvious reasons. We had to record it early today because Dave's taking his kid to boo at the zoo. So we're in Halloween spirit right and now. And
1: somebody's going to Hamilton. Like, and, don't don't
0: forget that. Well, oh, yeah. And I'm going to go see him. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. The reason we can't okay. record on a normal day is uh, me. But anyway, so the reason that Halloween is on my mind. So I had a case when I was a public defender where a individual came to me. He was arrested. He came to me. and He was charged with impersonating a police officer. And, you know, as you do, you kind of talk to him and you figure out his story. So it turns out that he had a, according to him, had a uniform from the show 24. And he was like, Joseph, it was crazy. <laughs> there was this uh, CTU uniform, because, like, that's the fictional agency in uh, 24. He's like, there's a CTU uniform in my backseat. They pulled me over for speeding, see in the back seat of the car. And they charge me with impersonating police officer. And I tell the guy, it's like, look, don't worry about it. This is stupid. We're gonna get this dismissed. It's fine. So that happened around Halloween. And he was telling me it was a Halloween costume, blah, blah, blah. So the next January, the solicitor calls me on the case it's like, hey, we picked up your boy again. And I was like, what for? And he starts giggling. Not like laughing, <laughs> like giggling, like a child. And so I'm like. Okay, and he's like, I'm going to send you over the complaint. So what this gentleman was doing is he was dressing up as this fictional CTU agent going to unemployment offices and saying to women. I'm with this agency. Don't be alarmed, but you're being followed right now. And he would say and they would say, what? Um, And he and then he would say. In order for you to be safe, you're going to have to come with me. Now, we can't go to your house because there are people at your house. So you're going to have to come with me. Tell me
1: me kidnapping charges were eventually. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting
0: there. (laughs) Um, You're going to have to go with me to this hotel. And one woman did. So after he got this woman to the hotel, I don't know what happened. But the next morning he says to her Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, this is eight years ago, so <laughs> um he says to her, They these people know what my car looks like. So I'm gonna need your keys and take your car. So he was charged with uh Grand Theft Auto, with kidnapping yeah. and with uh using what's the charge for it's like using Oh, criminal sexual conduct of the third degree because he lied about his job to have sex with a woman. So, this is why the solicitor was giggling and stuff. And so I went to go see him in There's the jail. There's
2: probably a lot of people that get arrested yeah, for the I mean, look, I, no lying, comment on that. Lying about
0: your job. <laughs> yeah, right. um, when, I, when I went to see him in, in jail, and I look at him, I was like, really, dude? His first question is, is there a way uh, that you can make sure my wife doesn't find out about this? <laughs> so, that's my most memorable <laughs> Halloween esque story. Hashtag. And then she
1: probably hired someone like
0: that. <laughs> yeah, then she hired Amber. Then she hired Amber. And Amber's she like. Crush him. She ever Amber starts, you know, moving her hands <laughs> evilly and says, oh, we got yeah, this. laughter. Go right. All right. Crank quest- up the steamroller. That's right. Mm-hmm. To, to take everything from this dude. <laughs> um, all right. Megan asked, and I like this question How do you turn away friends and family who want free legal advice? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, in, it's It's impossible. It's
1: impossible. You very politely say, you know, that may or may not be my area of, of law, uh, but I do have the names of some people I'd be happy to put <laughs> you in right. touch with um, or some people within my firm. But I will all the time get a, a property question or I have a tax question. I'm like, guys, I'm a domestic attorney. Right. <laughs> I've been I've been accused of peddling in babies like, and divorces, and you you want to ask me about some property like we all generally know some of these things you know you have to but as right. far as specializing in it you're never going to be able to to get away from My it. My general
2: line is yeah I know enough to get myself disbarred, and you would probably rather yeah. stay a lawyer. <laughs> right. So I'm not going to get involved. Exactly. I can refer you to somebody who I like know and trust and who will obviously do a much better job right. than i can i know on enough to
1: tell you i don't know but i'll refer you to someone who does right
2: because <laughs> the you'll net you almost never get your practice area questioned for some reason
1: oh yeah never, never. according
0: to people in my life i no one knows what type of law i actually do because whatever they ask me is like ah, i don't do that type of law so it always has to go to someplace <laughs> else so anybody who's listening to this yeah that's my uh secret but you
1: had a varied background i mean you were a public defender, you were a law clerk. Yeah, and but they don't know that. But law. here's the
0: thing. But here's the thing. All of these people, none of them were there to pay my student loans, help me with my test, or um, you know, generally support me in my career before they wanted something.
1: So I'm like, they never are. But they saw that your name in the <laughs> local paper at high school, Joseph. <laughs> I mean, right. God, they want to
0: ask you. A question. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, that's my thing. Is they I know always... your
1: mom or your daddy?
0: <laughs> oh gosh, isn't that the truth? No, I always push it to somebody else. I I do have a a friend. Brandy. Who, who will randomly <laughs> give just, me a dollar and say I need to confess this crime I'm going to commit before I can say no? And I don't think I mean we can check the ethics rules. I don't neither think confirm nor deny. Yeah, yeah, I can't confirm or deny that um, she that may be Bridget. a producer. So speaking of uh, yeah. which, Brittany asked whoever this person is <laughs> where the bodies are buried. What yeah. advice do you have for people who want to avoid jail time for hurting family members in political-based discussions during the holidays?
1: That wasn't my exact question, but I, I like, cleaned it up so like, it's less, uh, you
0: know, implicating.
1: I like uh, the SNL skit where you play the Adele's "Hello" song, and then <laughs> everybody just goes into song. everybody just <laughs>
0: starts singing it. Um, I, I always try and find a common enemy, so everybody yeah. can agree that you know either USC or Clemson sucks, mm-hmm. so exactly. everyone can agree that um, divert,
1: yeah, divert, shift.
0: divert. <laughs> Wofford people think they're better.
2: Well, I mean, I'm saying that stuff has this Wofford but, uh, pullover.
0: That's right. First thing, it's not a debate if it's true. All right. Um, (laughs) Laura asked, and this is more of a serious, what do you believe should be a fair system for lawyer advertising rules? So by way of background, Dane's a solo practitioner, basically. Basically, as far as South Carolina. As as far as South Carolina. With a
2: big firm out of state.
0: Right. Dane has the big firm backing solo. I'm in an office with two attorneys. Amber is basically a conglomerate into herself. Um. Mm -hmm. In in Lexington Powerhouse, yeah, Lexington (laughs) Powerhouse. What do you guys believe are should be a fair rules for lawyer advertising? It's a tough question. Amber, do you want to go first? Mm. So it's tough because we have our profession is one where folks will, you know, you see the billboards, you see the TV Mm. commercials. And there's a argument that it cheapens what we do, which obviously is most of the time serious work. But on the other hand, you know, people get in cases that way and you have to. That's how you get
1: your your attorneys that have the Super Bowl commercials and and things like that. But I understand the billboard argument. I mean, half half of the public, if not more, already thinks that all lawyers are ambulance chasers i mean right. shakespeare said when the common man comes to power first thing we do is kill all the lawyers so we don't exactly have a <laughs> batesburg
0: leesville to shakespeare go ahead <laughs> y'all, <Coming in. laughs>
1: y'all. I,
2: have a just just that. to echo both of those i think that it's all about the professionalism kind of threshold for me i i think there's some states where you have to submit it through the bar for review or at mm-hmm. least the like the Commission on Lawyer Conduct, and they have to approve it. Doesn't Florida I, do that? I believe so, yeah. and I think that would, I mean, the the people who advertise all the time, I think, would, would hate anything that I was about to utter, but I think that would be one of the things, if we kind of had a, I, mean, I guess, and that's one of those things where, like, the United States Supreme Court trying to say what's obscene, you know, when you see it, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. making a line, now that we have a civility oath, if they had a professionalism kind of component with the uh Advertising, I believe that one of the reasons I wanted to initially have this idea of starting the podcast is because lawyers have such a bad reputation mm-hmm. when most of our day is trying to help people right. and so I just you know that quick money uh how much can you sure. get uh professionalism thing uh I certainly don't necessarily love it. And I think you've got to rein it in. However, I, I, I believe lawyers got to advertise. I have a website. Yeah. I, I certainly uh, post things to try to get cases. That's just the nature of It is a right. business. Mm-hmm. On the part of it, you can't keep the lights on if you don't uh, get cases. So a, a good lawyer without cases is uh, not much of a lawyer. So I
0: think the the one little tweak I would do is if there could be some more explanation that maybe the Bombast that you see on TV, those TV commercials aren't necessarily yeah. representative of what a case should be or is. Like they have it in fine print, you know, and stuff, but maybe we can make that print a little bit bigger so that people can right. see. Um, because I'll tell you, as a defense attorney, part of my job is popping the bubble of people who think that every time that they slip and fall in a you know gas station that they're going to be you know, Mm -hmm. the next lottery winner. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if that was kind of handled beforehand and people have more realistic expectations, maybe it'd make all of our jobs a little easier. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right. Next question. If you could redo the process of being a lawyer, would you? So if you had to do it all over again, would you still be a lawyer? And I guess this can go into our cross-examination question that we ask Mm -hmm. our guests. If you weren't a lawyer, what would you be? We'll start with you. (laughs) I would. I always wanted to be a lawyer since about seventh grade. I thought it was cool. Those are the guys in suits. Um, Those are the ones who uh, sounded real cool on TV. Um, So I always wanted to be a lawyer. And if I wasn't a lawyer, I'd be a teacher. Easy. And I almost, you know, I I try and get a little bit of both with the mock trial stuff that I do. But, um, yeah, definitely, if I had to do it over again, I would.
1: Mm. What about you? Well unlike you wanting to be a teacher, both my parents were p- our public school teachers. That's in the day's right. administration, they said, we'll pay for you to go to college and be whatever you want to be, except a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, and I, we could go into a whole list of, you know, how bad teachers have in the state now when it comes to pay and right. when it comes to regulation and testing and everything. But, my wife's yeah. a teacher.
2: Yes. I can attest.
1: I mean, I would do it all over again, even knowing how hard it was. I wished I had gone and watched a law school class for a bit longer. That's a good point. Um, Because it is a completely different world, and my little brother just—he's in his third year of med school. When he started med school, I told him, I said, "This is going to be different than any other graduate degree. Your friends aren't going to understand, Mm -hmm. but it is all-consuming. It's going to take over your life. Your wife may not even understand." You know, my husband at the time was just—he's just my boyfriend. We had not gotten engaged or anything. I said, "It is—it's very hard." And his first two years of medical school, we literally talked on the phone every day on the way home. I said, you got to live it like this. You're like, get up, go to work, study, come home. But I, yeah, I do it all over again because I met my best friends in law school. Everyone's sitting at this table. We all met. Thanks for law school.
0: That's um, true. People Sorry that I still that. talk
1: to... Every day, we were maid of honors and everybody's weddings, and we still have some people, some get married on the back end, 10 years after we first met, so we're
0: still catching some of them. Hey, look, don't judge me, you know.
1: But yeah, I'd do it all over again, even knowing how hard and how stressful it was. Um, If I was not a lawyer, I would probably be a writer, or I would be a quality manager, like an efficiency manager, because I love to come in and organize and make things (laughs) More efficient because you can't be effective until you're first efficient. So it drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so I would you want, you got a can, closet you need working on? Right. Bring me in. Right. You, you got a system that's not working? Bring me. In. I would love to, <laughs> to, to work on it. But seriously, that's you do that or, a, okay. or a writer? I would love to write. So
0: very cool. What
2: about you, then? As a, another glutton for punishment, I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. Uh, maybe if the ball bounced different ways i would say <laughs> i would a say few something different like for
1: something if
2: to... you know i couldn't see myself doing real estate or another area private oh. so so <sighs> i don't know if that would really be what i would want to do right. and i might would do so, do something differently uh but i think i've you know through working with delgado uh before law school through law school uh like i said it, it was in the bug bit me so I, as far as criminal defense in a heartbeat i think this is what i meant to do uh, and so as far as what would I do if I was not a lawyer I kind of uh a business owner of some of kind I kind of that entrepreneurial spirit uh if not the other thing I think would be just an awesome job and I think that's kind of the nature of maybe the criminal defense thing is an investigative reporter kind okay. of go in and blow things up uncover sure. uh corruption and just uh I just always yeah, love it when, like you know, yeah, right. You 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 just blow up a big story and it, again, changes lives of people. And uh always thought every time you see a reporter run up with a microphone to some guy who's been busted and that kind of, you know, they know that the house of cards is coming crashing down. I always thought that would be a pretty interesting job.
0: William asked if you could make any changes to the law school experience or curriculum. And let's do one oh, <laughs> That's a whole set. That's it. That if you could make any podcast. changes to law school experience or curriculum, what would they be? Mm-hmm. See, you, you, go ahead. You can go first.
1: One of my biggest complaints is part of the law school experience. Unlike medical school, in their third year, they are rotating around doing those clinicals uh, for two. You're preaching solid to the choir. Tell them years. So I truly think we should do have like a, a lottery system where in your I still think it should be three years, maybe even four. But focus on, you know, eight-week segments where employers, state agencies, private firms, PDs, nonprofits can solicit for law clerks. You go in, you work, Um, those eight weeks, you come out, you can test on it, and it ensures that the local um, legal profession in all fields gets law clerks who are ready, willing, and able, because A, your grade depends on it, so you're going to show up and work, but B, it exposes you to everything that you can do with your legal career and gives you a ton of hands-on experience. And then we have people saving money on the back end because they don't have to pay clerks and it gets you in the door maybe with some of these firms or these agencies where if you do a great job and they remember your name and they remember your face, when you submit that resume later on, they're going to remember you. They're going to want you. But my biggest fear, my biggest complaint is not enough hands-on experience. The mock trial program has gotten better thanks to Brett Bain. So you've got you've got that, you, some of the clinics have gotten better, but that's only open to select few people. They don't have a ton of them, but that's the one thing that med school does much better than law school is getting people in the field and hands getting down. them hands Absolutely. down in different areas, practice areas and rotating them around to let them see at least hit the high points of everything that they can do with that degree. So, I don't have anything. I mean, that's she, exactly, you, yeah.
2: you said it perfectly. I mean, we're all practitioners, so I think other people, I wish we maybe had another another person that could kind of mm-hmm. you know, will
0: be our fourth. Uh, right. Are, are more of a, a, a
2: paper pusher lawyer. Not no. <laughs> more, no we're just LA. Hey, shout out to everybody who does real estate
0: tax, uh, who never sees the inside of the courtroom. Y'all the real MVPs. Right. I, we're not we're not trying Lord, to yeah. we're not
2: trying to attack you. But without a doubt, but we are
0: <laughs> everything she just said.
2: One hundred and ten percent. The only thing I would like to also see is North Carolina. Allows their law students, uh, barring the clinicals, law students are not outside of the clinical programs. You're not allowed to practice law. It's not like that in North Carolina. My roommate, my three L year, would drive up to Mecklenburg County and was a prosecutor two or three days a week, hmm. and it was not part of a program. They same rules, supervising attorney, right, you know, but
1: licensed supervisor. We
2: have an order from our chief justice saying that there are a ton of unrepresented people in magistrate municipal court that they are essentially being I mean, NACDL, uh, the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, did a whole thing of showing that right. people were getting just railroaded on their right to counsel well, let's load them up with uh, three L's in municipal courts and magistrate mm-hmm. courts I mean, worst case scenario, mm-hmm. you go to jail for 30 days but uh, <laughs> the—but at least they would have a lawyer who's passionate and would most likely, because it's their only, in maybe first case, second case, mm-hmm. they would work harder than almost anybody would uh, so th- I would
0: love and to really see. And really
1: cares about the outcome and really invested in it.
0: Mine is very simple. Just to kind of go off of what Amber says because she would take she took my answer. If you believe in the law school accreditation process, if you believe in the law school admission process, there's no need for bar exam. That's the way I say. I think you should make it harder to get in law school. Make me be more selective to get in law school. And get rid of the bar exam. Take That's away, you, take the, away the second hazing. Yeah, this is the D hazing. <laughs> so, okay, uh, well, we're wrapping it up. We're gonna do <laughs> quick hit, quick hit Dave answers. Uh, all right, Joseph asked, <laughs> not me, other Joseph. Uh-huh. Uh, who's the best Batman?
1: Christian Bale, hands down.
0: Dan, Michael Keaton. Oh. Poof. <laughs> we're going to start a fight. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go off board. I'm going to say uh, Adam West. I knew you'd go. I don't have a problem with Adam West. Uh, thing, that I really Keith thought you were going to say Clooney and we were just going to have to, like, no, Clooney,
1: we'd shut down the pod. agree, though, that Michael Caine is the best Alfred? Hands, I down. Mean, like, hands yeah. down. Hands okay. down. Okay. Well,
0: okay. Mm. Um, Dane, quick answer. Are all prosecutors snitches? This is from Kate. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, Dane's saying that with a uh, look that says the answer is really yes, but he can't, he has some pending uh, stuff in front of some prosecutors. All right, Um, Amber, number one bar study tip
1: write everything down and not on a note card. Get a whiteboard because studies have shown that the more times you write something, like if you write it three or more times, you have like a 90% chance of retention. So instead of doing note cards and flashcards where you just read the same thing over again, have somebody yell out what is the definition of agency or write write the, the word that you need to know the definition and then have your white, whiteboard, write it out, erase. That worked the best for me by far.
0: Great. Um, Dane, one sentence. What's the number one thing you need to prepare for having a solo practice? This is from Nick. Confidence. Nice. I Boom. And he said it confidently. Word. And he did. Right. Uh, Amber. Yes. Is there an area of law that, if you were in law school now, that you'd be kind of keeping your eye out to say this is something that new law students need to be kind of aware of? Okay, a area of the law. Hmm. See, they didn't have these questions beforehand.
1: They didn't. Well, we didn't. Y'all, y'all Joseph, yeah. Joseph had <laughs> in his little wallet. Um. I,
0: I can. I'll answer. If you, you can want.
1: go ahead. If you want to? I'll, I, I'll sit here and think.
0: I'll. I'd say immigration.
1: I would now that I'm thinking of it because and. Maybe not in a state like South Carolina. That right. would not be the first thing that you think of. If you were in Texas or New Mexico or Arizona, yes, those would that would probably be something you need to learn coming out of the gate. But now with all the changes that we have mm-hmm. with this administration and the the fact that I think you're you're still you're seeing at least in the last ten to twenty years a rise in immigrants coming through South Carolina, I think probably, definitely. And you could easily capitalize in South Carolina on being a specialist in that because very few you can't people... can't use the word specialist. You can't use specialist, sorry. But very few people <clears throat> know a lot about immigration right. law, so you could really make a name for yourself in the South Carolina I'll area be the RPC
2: police. The, but immigration is a federal practice, so you could take a case in another state. As yeah.
0: Well. Very good. All right. Um, both of you, all three of us, worst part of your practice area? Very
2: briefly. Time is finite. There's only so much, so many hours in the day, and you get 50 calls in a day. You have motions to draft.
0: And this is criminal practice. So criminal practice, the answer is a finite amount of time. If you're stuck in court.
2: I mean, that's right. If I just need more hours in the day. Okay. Amber.
1: I Family would say law. when you feel a judge has gotten it wrong, or you feel that somehow the solution that was reached was not the right one, and there's a child involved. Oh, and that, justice. when you think about that, that'll weigh on you.
0: For civil defense, I'd just say billing. It's horrible. <laughs> God. I hate it. Um, but it's necessary. Well, I guess revised hearing a not guilty verdict yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Kane, I mean, Kane, you want to you know, say it that way, okay, fine. Right. Um, all right. Uh, okay, lastly, the drinking ticket. Account on Twitter asked, "What are some good laws?" <laughs> um, so I did some research. My favorite good laws in South Carolina from Brett, who I think gets a shout out every other podcast. He's, every uh, every he's twice twice every, in every single podcast. Yeah, Sometimes so, I cut it out because it's yeah, you it's should, excessive. He, yeah. His ego is way too big, anyway.
1: Um, I agree. He
0: better live up to the hype. Sixty-three nineteen twenty-four thirty in South Carolina. If you're under the age of eighteen, you can't play pinball. Um, that's a good law. Um, My favorite, 53-1-60. You can't buy uh, musical instruments, clothing, or luggage on a Sunday still in South Carolina. And then, of course, as I explained to my co-host earlier, in Lancaster, you're not allowed to dance in public. Um, That's a good law as well. Um, Guys, anything else before we head out? Well, for those that
2: are in Lancaster, which one of you said that there is no reason? (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, Brenda, none of us Brenda,
0: Brenda, none of us so because, alienated because we have a statewide Canada. podcast
1: if you listen really to understand. this and you live in lancaster and you go out and you video Damn. yourself dancing in the I'm street kidding. send it to us Yes, yeah. we are bringing you on this podcast we want dancing in <laughs> the street in lancaster I also it. dan will be your lawyer
0: yeah, yeah Dave Dave will be a lawyer. lawyer. For free. Dave, Dave. Because we told you to do it. I didn't say that. Dave. Well, no, <laughs> I'm sorry, we
1: cannot advise anyone to break a law, but it would just be really fun to watch somebody bust a move. <laughs> we we want, to
0: want to see Lancaster people dance, basically. Yeah, basically, right? we, okay. we want to see happy people. We want to see happy people in <laughs> Lancaster. Alright. Um thanks for listening to the direct examination podcast. Uh, we have uh, some exciting stuff coming up in November and December that we're gonna announce. Um, we're going to have an event that hopefully people will come out to that should be fun maybe. Um, and until next time, um, my name is Joseph Bias. You can follow me on Twitter at Joseph P Bias on Twitter. And I'm Dane Phillips. You can follow me at S uh, was it, SC <laughs> <Essie> Crim Lawyer, SC <laughs> Crim Lawyer
2: on Twitter. I don't even know. Just Google my name; it'll pop up. dang Dane said, "Google me." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Google he's that. been I, on
1: Dateline. Yeah, he's it. been
0: on Dateline for two seconds. two seconds Whatever. on date two date seconds. Dateline. We got to add that to the uh, And Amber, you're the show notes. I'm
1: at Red Judicata on and the, Twitter.
0: And of course, you can follow the podcast at SC Law Pod on Twitter for Dane, for Amber, and for brindy and Instagram. And Instagram. And Instagram. You
1: mention that last I'm
0: time. trying to close the show out, <laughs> y'all. For Dane, for Amber, for Brindy, This, I'm Joseph. Have a nice day. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This is the worst. <laughs>